0: let's build in some fresh air and exercise on your next trip to Europe. Cassandra Overby researches and writes the guidebook Explore Europe on Foot. She recommends cultural adventures on long- and short-distance trails across Europe that also gets you beyond the crowds at many prime destinations. Hey, Cassandra.
1: Thanks so much for having me.
0: So I just love this idea of getting away or you're on a road trip. And uh, I know from my own experience, because I run around Europe in a car a lot, you stop at a turnout and you enjoy the view. But if you just walk even a couple hundred yards, it's a whole different world. You forget about the road, and you're immersed in the wonders of Europe. Right. Of course, you can stop your car and see, let's say, the west coast of Ireland, the Cliffs of Moher. Yeah. It's, where it's just most dramatic cliff stop anywhere that I can imagine. And people walk a few hundred yards in either direction, but you've got a 10-mile walk you've talked about here on the Cliffs of Moher.
1: This walk on the cliffs of Moor is a really great way to get away from those crowds and to see a little more of the stunning coastline.
0: And this is the far west of Ireland, which right. is the far west of Europe where the people gaze out and they say, Oh, the next parish over is Boston. Okay.
1: Right. I mean the land quite stunningly just drops off into the ocean.
0: In fact, before they put a barrier there, I would inch out on my belly and I would literally look over that black rock and yes. it plummets a couple hundred yards right down into the sea and you're sitting there like a human suction cup worrying about a freak gust of wind blowing right. you over but you got to be there and you're you're looking at the backs of the birds as they fly below you and you're you're looking at the surf crashing below you and that ledge goes for miles and miles and now there are trails there that are safe and designed for people to enjoy that scene
1: yes and actually it's a really great way to beat the traffic the car traffic that's at the cliffs of moore also because those parking lots really fill up yeah. so you can actually start with your walk in the town just north of cliffs of moore and then walk to cliffs of moore through that area and farther south one town south you get to see some really amazing ruins that most people don't ever notice And then you can even take a hiking shuttle back to your first town. So
0: there'd be a bus that would take you back. Yes. In your book, you talk about some hikes are there and back, and other ones are loops. I suppose if you have a loop trail, that's an advantage because you don't have to retrace your steps.
1: Yes, it is.
0: And also... In your book, you talk about it's important to be able to abbreviate your trip if you choose.
1: Well, you know, sometimes you fall in love with a hike that's a little too long. Maybe you just don't want to do, you know, 10 miles in a day. Maybe you'd like to do only five miles, whether that's because you just don't have an interest in walking that long or because you want to shorten it for other travel plans. In Europe, it's really easy to shorten hikes because there are things like cable cars, post buses, hiking shuttles— all sorts on, of ways. off buses. Exactly. They've got these
0: tour buses, I know, that go along the cliffs of more. So you could go from that first town to the actual famous cliffs where all the tourists are, and then intend to have gone to the next town, but decided when you get there, you know, that's enough. Let's just have lunch here, and we'll take the bus back to our starting point. Yes. And also, I think a lot of people don't realize how easy it is to get to the trailheads.
1: Right. And that's because, you know, if you walk a lot in the United States, you realize trailheads are in wilderness, and you need a car to get there, and that's pretty tough when you're traveling. But... In Europe, trailheads are actually in small towns, and those small towns are serviced by amazing public transportation. Trains, funiculars, buses, that makes it incredibly easy if you're not traveling by car even to get to a hike, even a day hike by train, do it, and then make your way back to your original No, That's a very
0: good point because here in Seattle, if I'm going to take a hike up in the Cascades, I need to drive there to that trailhead. But all of the hikes that you're talking about are accessible from a town which has a train station. Yes. Or nearly all of them. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We're talking with Cassandra Overby. Her book is called Explore Europe on Foot. Our phone number is 877-333-7425. And Kristen's calling from Delray Beach in Florida. Kristen, have you been thinking about hiking in Europe?
1: Yes, I have. And my husband and I have hiked in Europe. It was interesting to hear your talk about Ireland because that was the first place we hiked in County Wicklow. Uh Uh-huh. 10 years ago or so, it was really, really wonderful. And we've done a little hiking in Tuscany, but lately we've been spending a lot of time in Paris and walking a lot of Paris, but we've been thinking about going to southern France and I'd like to do hiking there. We're both in our mid-70s now and so, you know, really athletic kind of steep mountain hiking is isn't for us, but we do like to hike. Um, I love to bird, and when we go to Europe, I love to see if I can get some new birds to my list
0: that Mm -hmm.
1: we don't see in this country.
0: Kristen is talking about gentle walks where people can, uh, you know, take it easy but enjoy that kind of beautiful nature. What do you think of Cassandra in the case of France for a couple of one-day walks?
1: Ooh, so in the south of France, like she was talking about, just outside of Lourdes, there's a hike called Pic de Jour, and you can actually take the funicular up, to the top of that hill. And then you can wind your way down on really pretty trails that have a great view of Lord. And if you've never been to Lord, it is one of the most fantastic experiences ever. You know, you have people who have made the pilgrimage there, who are doing all of the different ceremonies. Thousands of people so at night. So this is with the candles. spelled
0: R-D-S. R-D-S. Right. S, L-O-U-R-D-E-S. Lords and, uh, and uh, pronounced Our Lady in French, Lord. Lord. Yeah. It is a spectacle to be there, whether you're Catholic or not, to see that amazing display of faith and people from all corners coming there in hopes. Of some miraculous healing, and people from all over the world volunteering, and then it's right at the gateway of the Pyrenees, mm-hmm. and you can go down south of there to a place called Cirque de Gavarnie, which is an amazing walk, also. So uh, the what Pyrenees. Is that one
1: Cirque de?
0: Cirque de Gavarnie. It's uh, Cirque is. It feels like an amphitheater, a natural amphitheater, uh-huh. and you walk down this valley, and I just felt like a little shepherd boy in the south of uh, the, the mountains of France. Uh-huh. Kristen, thanks for your your call, and good oh, luck with you your hikes. thank you
1: for taking my call. You thank bet. you for the information. It's so helpful.
0: This is Travel with Rick Steves. We're talking with Cassandra Overby. Her book is Explore Europe on Foot. And Cassandra, I just want to review a couple more of these day hikes. Um, Arthur's seat outside of Edinburgh. When we go to Edinburgh, as many of us do, we see this wonderful sort of volcanic nub, and it's just sort of inviting. You can hike up to that?
1: You can. So you can go from the old town and hike out to Arthur's Seat. And once you get out there, it's kind of amazing. You have one of the best views ever of Edinburgh and the beautiful architecture. But you feel like you're in the middle of nowhere. You're surrounded by scrub brush and there are beautiful birds. So it's a way to feel like you are completely in the wilderness while being in Edinburgh.
0: And I took it one step further. I rented a kilt and did it in <laughs> a kilt. <laughs> I <laughs> <Freedom>! love that. <laughs> All right. And you got another walk that you talk about in your book on Omaha Beach. And, yeah. And uh, it just looks like an evocative opportunity to walk literally along the beach where, what, 2,400 Americans died on that day.
1: On right. Beauty. So it's one of the most incredible ways to actually experience World War II history that I know of. Today, the beach couldn't be more peaceful. You have kids playing in the water, See shrieking overhead. But when you walk, you actually get to see beyond that. You see the memorials. You see the barbed wire up on the hill mm-hmm. and the German bunkers. And it's a really incredible walk. The beach is five miles long, right. so you can walk part of that. You can walk all the way down and back. But it also allows you to really have that contemplative experience and process everything that you've seen in the cemeteries and the museums.
0: Nowadays, the museums related to that and the memorials are just better than ever to welcome people that want to a very thought-provoking walk. So that's Mm -hmm. Omaha Beach. Uh, You also talk about Mount Vesuvius. I mean, we know Vesuvius because it blew its top in 79 AD and created a a lava flow and a a mudslide that buried Pompeii. You can actually have a hike up to Mount Mount Vesuvius, or what do we have there?
1: You can. So from the ruins of Pompeii, you can actually take a bus up Mount Vesuvius into the national park there. Mm -hmm. And from there, you can do a walk on the rim of Vesuvius. And you really don't understand how Vesuvius could have wreaked that much havoc until you're up there and you look down and you see how flat everything is going to the Bay of Naples oh, and yeah. it puts everything in a completely different perspective.
0: It wreaked havoc and it also reeks of sulfur.
1: It does and you can look into the crater oh, yeah. there into the rim. The
0: rocks are and s- hot. My, yes. my shoes were hot. Yes. And you look down into the crater and then you look out over the Bay of Naples and you can imagine the horror of that day when that mountain probably lost a third of its height. I mean, I've seen ancient paintings of Mount Vesuvius before it blew. It was a a very classic kind of pyramid-shaped mountain and now it's got this big hole in the top. What about Lake Bled in Slovenia? When you see one photograph of Slovenia, uh, the little country in the north of what was Yugoslavia, You see a gorgeous lake with an island in it, a little church on top of the island, and then a a castle on the bluff overlooking the lake. I know there's a trail that goes all around that lake.
1: Yeah, so you can walk along the trail there. It's paved. It's really nice, especially if you want something that's more ADA accessible or if you have a stroller, if you're doing Mm -hmm. some family walking. But it's very peaceful, so you get to pass by the little town of Bled. You get to pass by that castle. You can take a detour up Mm -hmm. and go see it and then walk and get all of the different angles on that little island that's so photographed.
0: for a photographer, it would be great.
1: Yes, and there are actually all sorts of little cafes sprinkled around that have locals sitting at them because not a lot of people have heard of this walk. And so you can go and actually be with these locals, have your little pastry. And this
0: is walking around Lake Bled, B-L-E-D, in Slovenia. And then Croatia, just to the south, you can't miss Plitvice National Park. And what I love about Plitvice is They've got these boardwalks that go under waterfalls and, you know, down these dramatic lakes, these terraced lakes connected by thousands of waterfalls. And uh, it's really crowded near the car parks and the hotels, but it's a vast park, isn't it?
1: It is. So you can actually get away from the boardwalk area and walk some of the ridges that surround that lake area The nice thing is that you can have some views actually down into that, and so you get to be above and get a different
0: perspective as well. So that's Plitvice, a P-L-I-T-V-I-C-E national park in Croatia. And then finally, if you want no elevation gain at all, but you want beautiful countryside, the Netherlands are wonderful because they're perfectly flat. And there's a walk that you talk about at Kinderdijk.
1: So this is one of my favorite walks in Europe because it's so unexpected. You can actually ride your bike out from Rotterdam to Kinderdijk if you'd Mm -hmm. like. And then you walk out on this dike that's surrounded by windmills from, you know, the 1700s, and a lot of these windmills are still functioning, and they have windmill tenders. So you're
0: actually walking on a dike, you're meaning you're elevated dike. five or ten yards above the, yeah. the polder land. Yeah. And you've got a nice view because uh, everything stretches forever. It does. And you see these windmills breaking the horizon.
1: And you can even stop in. There are little museums, and there are tenders that you can ask because you'll see them switching the direction of the blades. Oh yeah. And so you have this great walk. It's perfect perfect. perfect for a picnic because there are little benches sprinkled throughout and you just go down and double back it's not very long but it's incredibly scenic
0: and every time i'm in that you know in the netherlands and i'm hiking in a situation like that i just can't help myself from saying everything's so dutch yes i mean it's just the reality yes and when you walk you can connect with that reality
1: and go at your own pace Take a full day, take two hours, take 30 minutes.
0: Cassandra Overby, you are an inspiration with your enthusiasm for this other dimension of Europe, and your book is a great tool for enjoying that, Explore Europe on Foot. Thanks, Cassandra.
1: Thank you so much.
0: You'll find links to Cassandra's book, Explore Europe on Foot, and her blog with this week's show details at ricksteves.com slash radio. Each year, Rick Steves Tour Guides take thousands of free-spirited travelers on escorted tours through Europe, one small group at a time. This year, you can choose from more than 40 different vacations in Europe's best destinations, from Ireland to Greece, and practically everywhere in between. Begin your next trip at ricksteves.com.